Welcome to Death is Everything. I'm Marianne. I am Christopher. And that's Chris. Yay, we We... got it right for once. (laughs) And then I like corrected myself. (laughs) Right, because I usually call you Chris Christopher and now you're calling you. I'm now calling myself Christopher Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Death is Everything. We love to talk about death here. Yeah, because it's everything. It's in everything. Yeah, it is everything. It's sometimes funny. You know, I was trying. It's perplexing. I was. I'm. I'm. I'm struggling to tell people about about this podcast because everyone kind of everyone has a different reaction, right? Yes. And I try to explain why it started. You know, kind of your experience and what you were going through, and I feel like that kind of helps. Like, yeah. Well. How, what is it? What is it? What are we dealing? It's just the, the mundaneness of death. Some of it is very, it is very interesting, Sometimes. but also it's just a part of everything and it's okay to talk about it. And yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's it's, what I'm trying. I'm trying, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what's your podcast about? Death. And then you, as soon as you say death. You see their eyes kind of go. Oh. They're like, ooh, I don't well, want to talk about that. And I have a I have a coworker who is like deathly afraid of death, like, wow. and but like you know like I mean, her rational. phobia isn't like dying from a rattlesnake. Her phobia is death. Like she panics about death. So telling her about it, I could just see she was like, "I'm never listening to your fucking podcast." Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, yeah. no, but well, you might be the right person for it. Maybe it might. You know, I mean, dispel it. Dispel the. Yeah. Or make you more terrified of it. There are some things. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, that's a tough one. That's yeah. probably not a listener for us. <laughs> no, I refuse. I'm never giving up on her. <laughs> I would love to meet our listeners. At some point, we'll have to get out in a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and, sure. uh, and meet people and chat with them. And Yeah, that'd be fun. See if they're... I mean, my social anxiety would kick in. And then I would wish I was dead. So, you know, it all works. It's probably a bunch of socially anxious people. Yeah. Which is perfect. We can all be anxious together. (laughs) But it's easier not to feel anxious when someone else isn't feeling anxious. When when everyone... Well, I don't know. Fuck. (laughs) You know what? I don't know. Yeah, you might be right. (laughs) Anyway. Well... Yes, so it is hard to explain. Yeah. Right? When people are like, well, what's your podcast about? I usually say um, we talk about all different topics of death. Sometimes I speak with people about their personal beliefs. And sometimes we talk about whatever we're curious about. And the recent example that has helped pique people's interest was our discussion about faked deaths. Yeah. So it's an example of a death topic that we discuss that is not, it's not devastatingly sad, like right. some of the other things that we I have mean, not and, for us. or some things that we will be addressing at some point. Um, yeah, not, not sad for us, but maybe for the families of those people who think their death. It is, of course. So, yeah. in that, and there it is. Death, once again, is everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, the topic itself of faked deaths seems more palatable to people compared to, you know, devastating personal experience. Yeah. Murder, suicide. It's all of it. I mean, yeah, we haven't even brushed much of that. I don't, uh, murder and, and, and suicide are tough. Yeah. Those are topics that are, um, delicate and yeah. I want to be respectful when we address it. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we're we're worried about it, which is good. You know, we should be very <laughs> careful with the way yes. we handle these kind of things. So, yeah. I don't want to be glorifying murderers and things yeah. like that. And and well, but and, we will. There's a lot of murder, um, especially where we're from. Well, we we kind of talked about eventually, you know, kind of talking about suicide in part because of you know the experience i had when i was young but yep i sort of am am of the mindset of like be reverent but 
playful. Like it's okay to joke about everything because that's also a way of dealing with things. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, we can yeah, address okay things. We need to like be aware of what we're talking about while it's okay to, you know, just be us and yeah. to, to play. You know what I mean? Yes, Cause right. And we are irreverent and uh, at times, we have our <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I concur. Oh, you concur, doctor? <laughs> I concur. Um, so yeah, so death, so there it is. There it is over and over again. Death is everything. Death is everything. We, uh, we strive to bring quality information <laughs> and acknowledge the reality of it, of it all. So, um, so yeah, so today we are going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about Guy Fox Day, mm-hmm. uh, which is November 5th. Or was because this episode will be coming out on the 8th. And so, um, and we'll talk about a place uh, that I haven't, that I'm keeping you in suspense about. Yeah, I can't wait to, I mean, uh, <laughs> you seem so like excited about it. So I'm like, Ooh, what is it? I, I think go. it's really cool. And I'm fairly certain you will too. So that's why I was like, I'm not, I'm just not going to tell him where it is. So he okay. won't go on his phone and like Google it on the side <laughs> I want to so bad. (laughs) I tell tell the story or uh, tell the information. So and and so here we are. Um, It is November 2022. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the second to last episode of our current season, which I'm just calling autumn slash fall 2022. So we're not numbering our seasons. We're 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 just doing them by literal seasons. Yeah, I suppose. I, like it. <laughs> I think I prefer of... fall only because fall. it's more related to death. You can oh. you know you can die by falling, but that's true. I, can you die by autuming? <laughs> I suppose. If you drink enough pumpkin spice shit oh, fuck. yeah that's you'll just it's probably what all cancer is from these days. <laughs> Pumpkin spice, I highly doubt it. That's actually probably this. Those people are going to be fine. They're going to live forever. Pumpkin spice know. cures cancer. You hear, heard it here. Oh, no, shit. I'm just kidding. JK, don't take me seriously. <laughs> so yeah, so our so we're coming to the close of the season. Next episode, we're just gonna talk about death again. <laughs> what? I know. It's a, I know it's a surprise, but I thought I'd throw in. A brand new topic. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, wow. Yeah. And then we'll be back in mid-December with our next season. We're going to take about a month off. And in between, we'll still probably release some episodes here and there. Some heaven. Some we'll, we'll seven wet, minutes in heaven. Wet the palate a little bit. <laughs> sure. To get, get ready for our return in the winter. Nice. Yeah. So today we're talking about Guy Fox Day. Uh, which is an English holiday, United Kingdom holiday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, mm-hmm. Great Britain <laughs> yeah. holiday, uh, celebrated on November 5th, uh, also called Bonfire Night or Fireworks Night. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you know about Guy Fawkes Day? Well, here's the thing. It's been a long time, but okay. you know that I got to celebrate it one year yes um i think it actually gets a little mixed because when i so i know gay guy gay fuck so hey uh (laughs) i know that that's a specific event which you know i know you're gonna elaborate on but i also know Mm -hmm. they were okay so they burn effigies yes so i went to this little town in england got to celebrate it which we could talk about more later but besides the guy falks Fox effigy. Mm-hmm. There was also a Pope effigy that they were burning. Oh yes, uh huh. And I don't look. That's been what? What's that been? It's been like eighteen years. So I don't really okay. remember the details of any of it. But it was a great night. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, I mean, did you? The, did the people who you were with like ha- make an effigy? Like no. And no. when you say an effigy, tell the listeners like what, what was it? Yeah. So okay. So first, okay, I'll just tell it. So we went to this little town called Lewis, mm-hmm. 
Lewis? No, it was Lewis. And it's like, it's like this little coastal town. It looks super old, like cobblestone streets. And it was beautiful. And there's this little parade, this procession that goes through the entire town. And everyone in the parade has burning crosses and, and you know, they have torches and um, what yeah. are those called on the sides of the roads? The um, um, flares and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So everything's on fire. Wow. And then everything's leading to this giant field where there are these giant bonfires set up. And on each one is an effigy of someone. So one is Guy Fawkes, which they're Fox, which they're yeah. burning to remember, right? Remember, mm-hmm. remember, the 5th of November. Mm-hmm. And then one was uh, the Pope, the Popery, which again, yes. I don't remember what happened. So, okay. I mean, it was just a night of kind of debauchery, watching things burn. And what are um, those effigies made of like hay or something? I wish Wood. I remember now. Mm. But I think by the time we got to them, they might have already started burning. But yeah, I think it's it's you know they're painted to look like people, but they're giant people. Okay, okay. not the size of like the Burning Man mm. in Burning mm. Man, yeah. but still pretty big. And the bonfire itself was massive. Like, wow, it was huge. So it was beautiful. Wow. That's cool. And like extremely cold, but you could still feel the heat from it. Even like a hundred feet away, it was that big. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's cool. I yeah. Like it. I want to go back. Uh, so apparently, they've been celebrating this holiday for about four hundred years. Is that when the attack on? Yeah, it was sixteen oh five. Wow. Yeah. I pictured like two hundred. That's that. No, it's know, quite old. That's history right there. Well, it's actually more. I mean, it's you know. 400 and plus 400 plus yeah yeah so um so the story behind guy fox day and bonfire night fireworks night is that it was an assassination attempt on the king so uh guy fox and a group of radical quote unquote radical uh, you know or unquote, whatever. A group of radical English Catholics tried to assassinate King James I. The mm-hmm. plot was to blow up Parliament's House of Lords, which is where Parliament is today, I believe. Right. On the edge of the Thames. I think so, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so their plot obviously didn't work. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they all were executed. Um, which I don't know if, if you knew that part of it. I d- yes. Okay. Okay. Because I okay. I know they didn't win and yeah. Yeah. Obviously they weren't <laughs> able to assassinate the king. They got caught and executed. Um, so that is when the British began to celebrate his demise, Fox's demise, and the survival of their king. So then they would burn effigies of Guy Fox and Lightbine bonfires and the fireworks were like to celebrate that they you know prevailed um so the reason that all of this stuff happened was that um catholicism so before king james came into power queen elizabeth the first was ruling um under her rule catholicism was heavily repressed in england And um, the Pope had excommunicated her in 1570. Now, um, also during her reign, like she had put a bunch, or not she, but a bunch of priests had been put to death. Catholics couldn't uh, have mass or celebrate. So their religion was um, not not able to be practiced in England at that time. Hmm. Um, very easily. There was a lot of repression of Catholicism. As a result, there were a lot of Catholic people who were hoping that when King James took power after Elizabeth died in 1603, um, they were hopeful that he would be, um, he would just allow them to practice. Like be more sympathetic to their... Right, right. And part of the reason they hoped was his mother was Mary, Queen of Scots. Um, She was Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth's Catholic uh, arch rival, 
um, before she had been executed. And they all, there were also like rumors about King James. Um, they thought, I think they thought his wife was Catholic or that maybe he, because he had apparently communicated with some of the popes in the past that maybe, you know, anyway, the point is there was, they were hopeful. Um, however, he did not, um, King James, no. He did not uh, go easy on the Catholics when he came in. In 1604, he publicly condemned Catholicism. So he took power in uh, 1603, right after Elizabeth passed away. Mm -hmm. In 1604, he condemned Catholicism as a superstition, ordered all the Catholic priests to leave England, and expressed concern uh, that the number of Catholics was increasing. Thank you, lack of birth control. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know what they had back then. Oh, no, they were straight up telling people, you you know, don't. Jam jam these leaves up there. Have baby. No, they weren't. No, there was no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. But, you know, (laughs) for those who wanted to, like, you know, I'm not ready yet. The harvest is like, we had a a small harvest. (laughs) You know, I can't have another kid to feed. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So, um, okay, so (laughs) he didn't agree with Catholicism. He also continued those policies uh, of repression Mm -hmm. that had been happening before. Now, I'm going to ask a question. Okay. And I'm sorry for what what comes next. (laughs) Is this the King James, like the Bible King James, like the King James Uh. version of the Bible? Because I, I know this isn't a question I was prepared. For. I apologize, but here's my here's why I ask. Because number one, if we're calling Catholicism a superstition, that's laughable. I feel like it's very possible that this could have been because there was also the Church of England at one point, right? Which mm-hmm. was also meant to replace, I believe, Catholicism. But if it is, like, how that's just crazy to me that someone who all religion, sorry. Religion I, is is a myth. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes, I see. Okay. Um, you get what I mean? Yes, I I get what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it him? I, Was it the yeah, one? Yeah. Oh, is it him? I'm sorry. I got distracted by what you were saying. I um, <laughs> I was listening to you and... Well, I appreciate that. It's King nice Persian to be listened to. Uh, authorized. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That's all I needed. You fucking hypocrite. <laughs> yes. You fucking hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Catholicism is a superstition, but, you know, yeah, the same the Bible is not. Okay. All right. So, there you have it. <laughs> so, because of his repressive policies continuing, uh, the Catholics in England organized several uh, different plots happening okay so even before james's reign during elizabeth there were some conspiracies against her um Hmm. that failed there were as we as um you know if you look back if you study any uh of the british history queen elizabeth there were some assassination attempts um, wow you can even just watch those movies about her and they like they gave her a poison dress and things like that. Oh shit! Yeah, and like There's one a... of the maids wore the dress and died. Wow! Imagine so. The, I mean, the the myth of not myth, but they used to have like the the royal food taster. Now it's like the royal <laughs> dress wearer, like the <laughs> dress you tester. Do? You gotta just yeah. put on the dress and sweat a little bit, see what happens. <laughs> if your maid dies, you, you can't wear it. That's crazy. It's stressful to be the monarch, apparently. <laughs> well, especially if you're. Kind of a dick to people. Yeah, well, you know, when you uh, <laughs> when you do a lot of colonization, people aren't happy about it. I mean, call <laughs> me crazy, but you know. So in 1603, a few priests and some laymen hatched a byplot to kidnap King James, but they were turned in by some of their fellow Catholics, who wow. you know, they're like, nah, that ain't cool, bro. Like, yeah, no. Bob, we can't do that, man. That's not okay. We're Catholics. We're not Damn it, terrorists. Bob. 
Another related conspiracy that that year was known as the main plot sought to kill King James and install his cousin to the throne. Hmm. Wait, the king's cousin or like his own cousin? The guy's cousin. The king's cousin. Okay. Like, oh, no, I'm going to get Bob up there. Bob's going to be the next king. Yeah. King Bob. So in May of 1604, Guy Fawkes, Robert Catesby, uh, Tom Wintour, Jack Wright, and Thomas Percy met at the Duck and Drake Inn in London. You got to love the names of their their pubs. It's just the Duck and Drake. The Duck and Drake. It's just a duck and then Drake over there. <laughs> like hitting Drake. on people and doing his <laughs> that weird hotline texts. Bling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Hitting people up like, hey girl, what, what's up? <laughs> Started from the bottom. Oh, have you here. heard of me? I was on um, Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of me? I attempted to kill the king. Are you familiar with Degrassi? <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) so yeah, so at the Duck and Drake, Catesby is actually the one who proposed this plan to blow up Parliament. It wasn't Fox. It was Catesby. You know they chose Fox because he just has a cooler name. Like, if we're going to remember something, it better be a cool ass name. Catesby? No one's going to remember Fox was sort of an interesting character. He actually also had other aliases. Which I'll talk about really? a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so at the Duck and Drake, Catesby is like, okay, like, okay, this guy is not um, for the Catholics. He's not going to help us. So we got to get rid of him. So we're going to not just get rid of him. We're going to get rid of all of Parliament. We're going to blow sure. it up. Um, and we're going to use gunpowder to do it. So yeah. these men swore an oath to, of secrecy. Um, it says upon a prayer book, but it might have been a Catholic Bible. I, I'm not sure what they had at that time. Sure. It said a few different things in a few different articles. So mm. some kind of holy book to them, whatever yeah. it was. Uh, so there were apparently other conspirators, about eight other people who would join them. Um who joined this gunpowder plot, they called it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, despite all of this, that there were many people involved and that Catesby is the one who came up with this plan and was essentially the leader of all of this, uh, Guy Fox had the most publicity over the last 400 years. He must That's have been why so charismatic. Yeah, okay, so I mentioned earlier that he had some aliases. Yeah. He also went under the name Guido. What? Guido Fox, yeah. He actually, that's the name he actually signed on his confession. Interesting. He didn't write Guy, he wrote Guido Fox. What? Yeah. Well, maybe Guy is short for Guido. That's like a nickname. Well, he also used another alias. John Johnson. Hello, John Johnson here. <laughs> Not trying to kill the king, just trying to be a regular John. <laughs> he used this alias while serving as a caretaker in the cellar below the House of Lords. Hmm. Ah, which is why he was involved in the plot, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, so he was okay. one of the caretakers of the John cellar. John Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they used to stockpile the gunpowder. Right. So he did play an integral role. Pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but he wasn't like the mastermind. Right. I think he was kind of the fall guy. There might have been people, though, like in Parliament who knew him, right? If he was the caretaker under there, they're like, all right, John, you've got the cellars, right? You're going to close up when you're gone, right? And he's like, yeah, I've got it. So as I read the story, when I... And and the oh and I you know I didn't talk about it but the information I'm using for this uh, presentation comes from history.com, um, a little bit from Wikipedia.com, Britannia.com, and um, and a few other articles that I was just reading and didn't uh, pull information from, but. From reading all of this stuff, it makes me think that Guy Fox knew 
he was probably not going to make it out of this thing. Hmm. Um, and because of how well he tolerated the torture he would be put to uh, soon after being caught, hmm. I, I think he held out as long as he could. Hmm. So Guy had some aliases. He was the caretaker below the House of Lords. This okay. is the place that they used to stockpile the gunpowder. Um, so for their plan, now now remember that there's like a lot of people involved. And Guy Fox is the one who is supposed to light the fuse on November mm. 5th, 1605. Okay? okay. And he's supposed to light the fuse during the opening of a new session of parliament. And at this session, there is supposed to be King James. King James's eldest son, the successor oh. of the throne, um, the whole House of Lords and the whole House of Commons. So we're talking about uh, I'm everybody in. Power. I'm not sure. I think it was like a hundred and something people. It's quite maybe more. It's a lot of people that were going to yeah. be there. Um, so their idea was they would light the fuse and all those people would be blown up. Um, so that's a huge murder plot. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess terrorism is what we would call it nowadays. But so in the meantime, once he lit this fuse, he was supposed to escape in a little boat on the river Thames. Mm -hmm. And then his while he was escaping, the other conspirators were going to start an uprising in the English Midlands. And through that uprising and here's where the kidnapping plot comes in that I I was talking about a little bit earlier. I thought mm. it was his cousin. No. They were going the plan was that in the Midlands, James King James's daughter was out there. Her name mm. was Elizabeth also. It's a family sure. name. You sure. may have heard of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, once or twice. There've been a few of those. Um so his daughter was out there. They were going to kidnap her. Okay. And install her as like a puppet queen under their control. And find a way to marry her off to some Catholic uh, to restore Catholicism into the monarchy. Okay. Sometime in late October, this is alleged, they don't know this for sure, but the, a letter advising a Catholic sym sympathizer in Parliament to avoid the opening. Mm. So it didn't specify anything, but someone got a letter saying they shouldn't go. So that person alerted the authorities that Idiots. there might there's something suspicious is going on. And no one really knows who wrote that initial letter. Um, but there is a lot of speculation. And we can talk about who gave away the plot. He's supposed to light the fuse. Things are supposed to happen. Someone gets tipped off ahead of time. Okay. So. Right. It's the night before the plot is supposed to take place. It's November 4th. Guy Fox is waiting, right? He's in the cellar. And a search party who's just going around looking for trouble, you know. Anything they're just, suspicious. Anything suspicious. They find him down there and they decide to look around. <laughs> and it's about midnight. It's almost midnight on the 4th, so it's almost the 5th. They find him, they search him, he has matches in his pocket, and he's sitting around with 36 barrels of gunpowder, uh, <laughs> just hanging out there at midnight. But he's the caretaker, so that's normal. Well, I mean, clearly <laughs> they're like, this seems like, you know, why would you sit with matches next to a bunch of gunpowder? Sure. So they caught him. He was then arrested. Uh, and taken to the Tower of London, mm. which if anyone knows anything about the Tower of London uh, during this time in history, or many, many times in history, <laughs> it's not a good idea. I mean, it's not great. It's not good it's to a, go there. It's a, it's a torture things. tower. Yes. It's a torture tower. Bad things are going to happen to you in the Tower yeah. of London. Yeah. So he was tortured to to much to our surprise. <laughs> he was tortured on special order of King James. 
soon after his co-conspirators were also arrested. Meaning uh, he gave them up. Yes. Um, the torture lasted quite a long time. Um, but everybody breaks. Everybody breaks. Yeah, so... Initially, when Fox was caught, he gave them the name John Johnson, which is what he had registered his as, you know, he was the caretaker going by. Yeah. JJ, you know, John Johnson. He was first interrogated in the King's Privy Chamber, which is not the bathroom. Um, It's like a private apartment. Mm. Wow. So the King's just sitting there going, go ahead. Well, he wanted to hear for himself, like, why do you want to kill me and all of Parliament and everybody? You know, he was mad. Uh, Yeah, that's reasonable. (laughs) So they asked him why he had so much gunpowder. He said he wanted to blow them up. Uh, And he told them he was a 36-year-old Catholic from Netherdale. uh, And he gave them other false names. Hmm. He admitted his intention to blow up the House of the Lords and regret express regret at his failure to do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, um, the king actually admired how well he took whatever torture they were doing to him at mm. this time and said he possessed a quote unquote Roman resolution. Wow. Like he was kind of stoic. You know, he wasn't really giving them a lot of information, despite what it sounds like at the moment. Sure, sure. He was holding back. That's cool. Yeah, well, despite nice. that, yeah, <laughs> despite that admiration, oh, no. um, and maybe a little bit because of it, uh, <laughs> King James decided that he should be tortured more. In order to get the names of the co-conspirators, he was like, you know, I admire your resolve. You, you really, I like the cut of your jib, but let's cut that jib. (laughs) Let's cut that jib (laughs) more. Let's just torture this guy and get some information. So, so he directed that the torture should be light at first. Mm -hmm. Use some handcuffs. um, And then gradually progress uh, if necessary, to more severe measures like the rack, mm-hmm. which was when your arms would be tied above your head, your your feet would be tied, and the rack would pull pull you in the pull opposite you slowly direction. but surely, yeah. yeah, in the opposite direction. Um, and so yeah, so he was saying, start easy, get worse, get that information out of him. Sure. They brought him from the king's chambers, the king's apartments, over to the Tower of London, where this torture would be carried out. Um, the king composed a list of questions for him. And um, they asked him all of these questions. And what I didn't know was up until this point, Fox had been speaking French. Hmm. He apparently spoke multiple languages and he was speaking French to them. Like acting like he was... From France. Yeah. Maybe trying to throw them off or something. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so they, he did eventually stop speaking uh, French. <laughs> so the room that they used to interrogate him subsequently became known as the Guy Fox room. Hmm. So I wonder if it's still in the Tower of London. If that, if what they're referring to in this article is the Tower of London room is known yeah. as the Guy Fox room? Or is there a, a room in, would that be Buckingham Palace? Was it Buckingham Palace at that Oh, time? you're saying, are they referring to his his apartments, the king's privy? Yeah, where was that? The, the, I was doubt it in the king would have named. Would he have had apartments? No. There's no way that, that the king can, well, I guess out of spite. But I think you're right. I think it probably is a room in the Tower of London that they called it. I have to believe. Because hmm. yeah. I can't think, unless you're just that dark of a king that's like, oh, yes, this is the uh, Guy Fawkes room. This is where I tortured him myself. Use a little I mean, feather on his feet. I got to say, I mean, we know the Queen recent, queen, current Queen Elizabeth or the recently former Queen Elizabeth passed yeah. away. Um, and there's a lot of controversy 
or not controversy, but conversation about the the monarchy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we're not talking about like always like n- nice little grannies, you know. Sure. <laughs> Even Elizabeth was not innocent. Yeah. You know, complicity in in things, but. Uh yeah, so the monarchs aren't aren't uh aren't they're perfect. They're brutal, you know. Like, I mean, you have to be, you know. You gotta, uh, gotta, you gotta. I don't know. I've never the been the queen. You know, we I'm should the work queen on of that. a very small realm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very very small uh, uh, court <laughs> of mine. Yeah, uh, I'm always looking for people <laughs> if you want to join. The court of Marianne, of Queen Marianne. Um, sure. So, so here we are uh, being tortured. Um, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. So, so finally, after quite some time, uh, Sir William Wad, who was the lieutenant of the tower, uh, obtained Fox's confession. He had found a letter on G- Guy's person, but to his surprise. Fox still didn't reveal a lot of details about the plot or the people who were carrying it out. And on the night, finally, of November 6th, so the next day, he noticed that Guy Fox was praying. Uh, Fox managed to sleep through that night. So I guess they took a break from torturing him. That's nice of them. Yeah, so I think at this point they gave him a break and they told him, we're going to be torturing you again. So you have an opportunity to confess. Mm-hmm. And they kind of watched him for a while and and said he was praying. Um, while he was praying, I guess he was speaking things and they were listening to him. Um, and some some of his thoughts and some of his accomplices were mentioned. Oh, so then at some point the next day, they continued the torture and they got everything out mm. of him by that time. Whatever they were doing the next day was much worse. And It worked. Yeah, they don't specify what they did exactly, but they did obtain his uh, confession. So he finally revealed his true identity on November 7th, two days after being caught. Um, he told them who he was. He told them there were five people involved in the plot he revealed their names on November 8th. So oh, like boy. he throughout this time, remember, he is being tortured. Right, time. right. So he, that's a long time too. like, yeah, four days basically of torture. Yeah. And that's why I said earlier that I think he knew that he was likely to be caught and that he would likely not survive this plot. Or that he was going to blow up, right? I mean, you got 36 barrels was, of gunpowder. He definitely like, had, I think, the riskiest role in all of this. That's why he um, got the name, you know. He's a, he's there. He took all the <laughs> fucking, he took all yeah. the torture. He sit there, almost going to get blown up. Could have been blown up that night if he smoked a cigarette, you know. Oh, man. The guy, the guy, the guy you know, he, it wasn't his idea, but he really did a lot. Yeah. He was, yeah, the so, he was John Johnson down there. Yeah. Yeah. He was John Johnson. He was Guido Fox. And then he was Guy Fox yeah. for eternity, you know. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he deserves it. He deserves the name. Although it's uncertain if they did use the rack, he w- did scrawl his signature um, onto the the confession that he signed. And it was pretty clear. Um, so they had multiple things that he signed. Okay. And it was pretty clear, like he was, it was shaky. He it, couldn't he use was it. Oh, up. man. Yeah. So, whatever they did to him, um, yeah, it was bad. I went to the Tower of London too. And now I'm, I'm wondering if there's, I, I, I didn't know about Guy Fox at this time when I went. So, oh, it would have yeah. been cool to see. I'm sure they've got stuff. For him or of him or whatever. Well, so once he confessed, they went and got everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Rounded them um, up. They I got... would have booked it so fast. The moment they, it, they didn't blow up, I would have been on a boat to wherever. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Did well, idiots. Well, their plot, remember, was to start an uprising. Oh, right. 
Did so that they probably start? and and also remember no cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you hear that so Parliament didn't not, explode, yeah, they probably well, who knows? You know, like I mean, they wouldn't have been rounded up. It was until all at least supposed age, to start right? happening simultaneously on a date, right on November fifth, right he was going to blow them up while they were in parliament whenever that was going to take place i assume during the daytime right probably on the fifth so you know um anyway so his co-conspirators were arrested uh except for four of them including catesby hmm he catesby remember is the one who did this whole like started Planned the whole up. thing you know however Catesby got in a shootout with the English troops and was shot and killed. Hmm. Well. Unceremoniously. Good. You know, that's the way you want to go out versus <laughs> yeah, tortured actually. for four days. Like, a, yeah, shoot okay, me, good bastards. Point. Well, yeah. He got off easy. That's true. He did compared to what Fox ended up enduring. And yeah. So, um, so whoever was found guilty, ca- caught, was tried, found guilty of high treason and sentenced to death in January of 1606. They were sentenced to be to be hung, drawn and quartered. Mm, that's where like four horses dr- drag you in four different directions. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. I believe so. Uh, we can look this up. There is actually a pub called The Hung, Drawn, and Quartered. We should go. Yeah, it's right across the street from the Tower of London. <laughs> oh, maybe I did. <laughs> it's possible. I haven't, but um, we have a friend who went there. Uh, that's, okay, so they would be fastened to a hurdle or wooden panel drawn by a horse to the place of execution, hanged. Chopped into four pieces. Oh, okay. So there's another term then for that, I guess. Drawn, drawn. I believe, is when they attach you to the back of the horse and they drag you to the place that they're going to cut you into four pieces. Wow. So you're hung by the neck. Okay. All right. It's not as bad as it sounds. You basically just get hanged. Then (laughs) It's funny that you... Say it though. It is well, as bad as it sounds. No, but it's bad. Look, I'm not saying it's not bad. I know it's bad. Okay. But the one thing you're going through is the hanging. Everything else you're dead for. So if you die. So apparently you didn't always die from hanging. Um oh, at that point. It's because they tied the knot wrong or probably, I mean. Or maybe they would intentionally let it I not do work. have a so story could... for you for another day. about someone who did not die from that but that's a a survival story we can talk about that's nice Mm. (laughs) yes how positive oh it's nice to hear positive things (laughs) (laughs) well i may tell some stories of of uh we'll see how that goes in the future okay i have some stories i'm collecting interesting death stories for future episodes sure that we'll just throw in whenever we feel like it so all of this happened the londoners began celebrating with bonfires in 1606 okay and um in january of 1606 an act of parliament designated november 5th as a day of thanksgiving hmm Guy Fawkes Day festivities soon spread as far as the American colonies. Hmm. In the American colonies, they would call it Pope Day. And in keeping with the anti-Catholic sentiment of the time, uh, people who were, you know, the American colonies were British mm-hmm. at this time. Um, so here in in the the... British settled United States and oh, in the British settled Americas and in Britain itself, people would then burn an effigy of the Pope. I see. So it was anti-Catholic. That's why they were burning the effigies of the Pope. That's so fucked. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, they're 
they're doing it for Catholicism. So, I mean, immediately. All religions like, are controversial. Been, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of um, religious disagreement in our world that leads to. I've heard. I've heard. Death and demise and murder. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, genocide. The things done in, in God's name is wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that it's like supposed to be all this pious um, and then all this killing and, and murder and, and terrible yeah. thing. Uh, so, yes. So the burning of the effigies, that's why you saw people burning uh the Pope. I see. Yeah. So the the tradition died out in the United States in the 1800s. Hmm. Um, however, in Britain, and I think part of that is because it was a remnant of the British. Of a British thing. Right. Like, why are we celebrating? And the Americans really were trying to distinguish themselves. So they, like, really didn't keep that. Um, but in England, as you are well aware, it stayed popular. Uh, it became a time to get together with friends and family, set off fireworks, light bonfires, uh, have parades, and burn effigies of Fox mm-hmm. and the Pope. And uh, the children would apparently, mm-hmm. at some point in history, wheel around their effigies and ask uh, for a penny for the guy. Wow! Yeah, which I've is sort of a custom, that. like sort of like Halloween. Yeah, and they would say, "Remember, remember the fifth of November." Huh. It's it's so funny how some things stick and some things don't. And this one is just fun. So I think when something's very fun, it, it has a better chance of lasting. But yeah, it it is a it is a sight to behold. Maybe one day we can, you know, get, go to England. Uh, I would love to do, uh, England, Scotland, Ireland for Halloween time. Mm. Uh, so I would say, like, let's go spend Halloween in Ireland or Scotland. Cool. Go do some Celtic uh, rituals in the woods. Sure. And then head to England for Guy Fox Day. Yeah. <laughs> go to another <laughs> another fire ritual and sure. uh, then, you know, head home. I don't know. <laughs> go get I'm some in, in. spotted dick and... <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Spotted Dick. It's a well-known dessert in England. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> it's like, I, I actually have never eaten a Spotted Dick myself. But it sounds like you really you? want to. No, I, um, I've never. I'll try it, but it's, I think it has raisins on it, which maybe oh, is the spots part of <laughs> the Spotted Dick. I, I don't know. Raisins. I think we'll have to look this up. Um, Do any of our listeners in England, do we have listeners in England? If we do, have you eaten Spotted Dick? Is it good? (laughs) Send us an email. You know, that's a private question. Or maybe don't if you're... hmm. Okay. (laughs) Here I am requesting. So um, right now we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about a death place. A death place. So welcome back. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> welcome back, Chris. Thank um, you. So now I want to tell you about a place. Yes. That is all about I'm death. dying. I need okay. to know. So this place is called uh, Lower Brittany okay. in France. All right. Like. It's known as the land of the dead. Hmm. And here's why. So um, for this research, I got my information from an article uh, called Nourishing Death um, on WordPress.com. So it's their own. Let me see if I can find the writer. Uh, This article uh, is from June of 2013 by Sarah Troop. Thank you, Sarah. Your article is excellent. Uh, So some of this I'm going to directly quote because it's just so beautifully written. I don't think I can do it the justice of her uh, excellent writing. And there are some quotes in within the article as well. So imagine, if you will, a place where death is the center of life, where a town cemetery serves as its social center, the children's playground, a place to meet friends 
to chat or play games where weddings are held and religious services are held. Such a place could be found in the Brittany region, region of France. Here it is said that there are more dead in every house than sands on the shore. What? So in Brittany, and here's another quote, the graveyard is as truly the center of the commune as the dolmen was of the prehistoric tribe. The dead who lie there are by no means cut off from the world. The voices of the living reach them in muffled tones. They know that they are not forgotten. Forgotten. They are associated with every event of importance in the family. Nowhere else and at no period have people lived in such familiarity with death. The consciousness of the presence of the dead never leaves the people. Hmm. The evening of a wedding is like a funeral wake. The betrothed meet at the graves of their dead and seal their vows over the tombs. And that is a quote from Baring Gould, 1901. Wow. So here is this town uh, of Brittany or this area of Brittany. It is um, a peninsula it's a historical country area in the west of modern France. It kind of juts out right off of the like northwestern coast of France. Okay. Um, it's a hilly peninsula extending out into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and this is the area we're talking about, Lower Brittany. Hmm. Um, so, so this area, um, some Britons were driven from their lands in the fifth century and scattered throughout England and part of France. Um, some of these people settled, settled in this area, which they called Brittany. So that's oh, like why Britain. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Those people came from the, from Britain. Yeah. <laughs> Are you good with the okay. with with the cat butt in my face? Yeah. <laughs> with the cat ass on the microphone. Um, <laughs> Thanks, bud. Okay, so yeah, so this area became known as Brittany because those people had settled from Britain after. Uh, so yeah, it's named that after their homeland. When they moved there, they brought many of their Celtic and pagan beliefs, uh, rituals, practices, and they held on to them over the centuries. Uh, they believe most of those traditions were derived particularly from the Celts of Gaul, who um, Caesar claimed that their ancestry would be traced back to the god of death. Hmm. So these people are allegedly descended from the god of death. <laughs> okay, cool. So, so for these people in Brittany... It's not just a matter of being comfortable with, like, the subject of death. Mm. They are literally family of death. Mm -hmm. Death mm -hmm. himself, so they say. Um, so they say in the article, For it could be your own uncle or neighbor. Here the role of the Grim Reaper is passed on to either the last person interred at the local cemetery, or for some that the last person to die who is a member of each town's parish at the close of a calendar year takes on the role of Lanku. Lanku, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Feel free to correct me in an email if you're <laughs> upset about it in France. Uh, Lanku resembles the most popular and modern representations of the Grim Reaper. Hmm. It's a skeleton wearing robes and brandishing a scythe. Huh. Lanku is death itself. It is he or she who beacons the souls of those who are about to die and carries them off in a wagon. And did I hear you right? You're saying the last person who died in this town in a calendar year becomes death for the following year? Is that how it works? Yeah, so did it I says right? the role of the Grim Reaper gets passed around. 
Right. So sometimes it's the last person who was interred at the cemetery. So like some whoever was recently buried was the last person who was death. Okay. Okay. Or to some people, they would say, like, this is just like what is. Yeah, the kind of lore. Yeah. The local lore. Or it's the last person who died in the end of the year. Yeah. 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 So whoever okay. dies, like, the last person of the at 11.59 on January 31st. Or, or whatever. Or, it's a or, smaller or area. So, yeah, yeah. Whoever's the closest person to New Year's Eve to die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love is this. Is the Grim Reaper for the next year. I love that. I think that's really cool, too. I, I like <laughs> that it's, like, passed around. Yeah, because we're all in it together. Yeah, exactly. It's a shared responsibility. And then that person uh, carries people off in a wagon. Like, bring out your dead. Uh, even grave sites are constructed to receive food offerings. Hmm. Some of their grave sites include small cup-like holes Found in some of their tombstones, which serve as a receptacle for milk or other libations offered on November Eve, which I think is October 31st, right? The sure. Eve of November. Yeah. During yeah. an elaborate night long set of rituals that include feeding, praying and singing for the dead. This is very similar. It's yeah. Halloween. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's summer, but also but, kind of Day of the Dead, like very. Yes, this is like. And the built-in cup thing, like we've seen that too. I we're, but I thought those, I thought those were for flowers here. Oh, they are for cups. flowers here. Yes, I don't know, man. They're not saying to pour milk in those guys or alcohol. <laughs> don't go I don't pouring know. milk in there. <laughs> well, when I get one, I'm gonna say this is not for flowers. Give me whiskey want? or give me death. Oh, whiskey. Again. Oh, well, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of drunk squirrels around that cemetery. <laughs> uh, so it should come as no surprise that they have incorporated um, different rituals into their funerals that involve food. They're very feast-oriented. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, one custom dictates that the departed must eat or be buried with as much dirt as the amount of bread they have wasted during the course of their lifetime. <laughs> okay. So they have some different, so the article goes through some different um, rituals they have. They have different superstitions. Um, so yeah, liquor or milk is permissible in the home of the deceased. But water is not. It is feared that newly newly passed away people, they could trip and fall into the water and drown. Hmm. As they are already dead. I'm not sure how helpful that practice is. But it's the thought that counts, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, so but, that's what she says in the article. But maybe it has more to do with like a representation of like the, the river sticks. Right? Like. Oh, Yeah. Right, you can drink okay. milk and liquor, but you but don't you want to fall into that because you will never make it to yeah Hades or wherever to where you're going. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. It's possible. Uh, so it also sa- goes on to say, unfortunately, since the 1940s, many of these fantastical customs have been slowly dying away. Mm. In the mid 1980s, an anthropologist named Ellen Badone conducted field research in the region. Uh, focusing on their changing responses to death. Uh, so yeah, she discovered that they are sort of this, these practices are dwindling in this area. Damn. They're becoming more Western. Oh man, we missed it. We should yeah. have been there. Well, maybe 60 we need to go ago. help them revive it. You know, we need to celebrate these things so these are you know these are reasons to keep up the celebrations of the dead this sounds so cool and now i need to go check 23 and me and hope that maybe i have i'm a i'm a, a uh, an ancestor of the god of death oh that would be super cool i'm d- i've definitely got french and and like english shit in there and irish shit so you know the chances are there it's possible i feel like it yeah I you feel know? like you got a good shot. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think we need to... This is great. This this town sounds amazing. Or at least it used to sound amazing. I Maybe had a feeling fun. you would like that. <laughs> yeah. And so there it is. Wow. Direct relatives of the god of death. Mm-hmm. I love... I think my favorite thing is that is that belief of like passing on the, the mantle of the god yeah. of death yeah. amongst ourselves or whatever. Since yeah. we're all descendants, I mean, not a, okay. I'm taking it, but as since they're all descendants, they're like, yeah, we all got to play our part, you know. We yeah. got to help out yeah. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> right. whoever dies last Grand- at the end of the year is the next re- rebirth yeah. of the year. I love that. I that think is that's such cool. A I cute... would, I would be so honored. I'd be, you know, like say I'm like 99 years old, or I turn 100, right, December 21st. 2082 Mm. (laughs) and i'm like i'm gonna hold out to die because i want to be the reaper next year yeah exactly (laughs) and then like you die and it turns out like somebody next door just a second after you and you're like god damn it stole my glory i was gonna be the reaper (laughs) i was gonna be the reaper Nathaniel, you're a dick. You you knew I wanted this. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, so so there it is. We heard about Guy Fox today. We heard about Lower Brittany, which mm-hmm. is actually north of in the northern northwestern region north of France. North France. A place we definitely want to visit. Add it to our list. Hang our out and art. check out some cemeteries and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. I like so, that. I think and this kind of ties in with kind of everything we've been talking about, about like kind of demystifying death a little bit. The fact that yeah. they celebrate them so much, so much so that like the cemetery is the center of town kind of vibe. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Or that you know, they that, did a little over or a little less than 100 years ago. Right. Yeah. That's just, I don't know. That's very cool. I think that's cool. Especially I liked the part where they talked about the... um the marriage ceremony where they go and they say their vows over their like their, their loved dead. ones who yeah. passed yeah. yeah kind of including so them so that in they're it. in the they're part of it yeah. yeah i think that's cool i like that i agree yeah if everyone's in one place it's easy or else you're <laughs> right gonna, or else your wedding ceremony takes place at a bunch of different just a tour of cemeteries to get married i mean that's kind of (laughs) cool i'm into it you would you would like that (laughs) you know i explored a lot of death things when i went on my honeymoon so sure that was i do that everywhere i'm like where can i go where there are dead things (laughs) we walked around a cemetery in england that was probably your idea I mean, it was like two doors down. It was so close. I love that. We'll have to go back there, too. Yeah. So, what do you think about all that? Any questions? I mean, you know I think it's great. Yeah. I, I want it all. This, this, I'm glad you saved it for me, too, because I really like... <laughs> I couldn't possibly think what it could be, but this was this was a nice surprise. It It's so romanticized. Yeah. I'm not big on myths and stuff like that. Well, no, no, no. I like learning about myths. I just don't We've believe learned it. But this is what I want to learn. Like, I want to yeah. believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, there's a lot of interesting lore. We'll hear more as we continue to dive. I was a little concerned about talking about Guy Fox Day. Earlier, I was questioning it. Like, is this related to death enough? Um, I think it is because it yeah. is a murder plot and... There was torture and death. Um, well, and not only that, that but place. hundreds of years worth of celebrating people surviving something, but yes. also they're burning the image of someone. So they're basically yeah. killing him and Over. the Pope every year. Yeah, you know. So it's it's yeah. it's absolutely it's definitely in the realm of death adjacent, but it's yeah, it's death. You know. Yeah, and yeah, it's true. It's true. It is. It's deathy. Yeah, and it's life deathy. is death. Yeah, life is death. Is life is death. It's life. It's death. So, um, so yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that land of the living. Next episode, we'll talk about other death things. <laughs> Whatever we. We'll get a little know. more personal, maybe. Um, mm. We'll 
you'll, you can get to know us a little better <laughs> <laughs> before we uh, take off for a month and then we'll be back with more. So I hope you all survive till the next episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Remember me. Remember me. So thank you for listening to Death is Everything. Please, if you like us, rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on a few different social media sites. You can find us on Instagram at D period, I period, E period, underscore cast. And on Twitter at Death Every Cast. If you're interested in interviewing or being a guest, go ahead and send an email to hello at deathiseverything.com and check out our website, deathiseverything.com. We have merchandise. We have all the episodes from this podcast and episodes I have been a guest on other podcasts as well. See you later, land of the living. <laughs>